0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Church podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. To get into the word this morning, but, if, but before I do, I want to actually welcome you to church today. Uh, I, I, we've had such a, a joyous time in the presence of the Lord. I didn't even say hello yet, so welcome to you that are with us today. If you're here for the first time, we want to say thank you for being with us and for being a part of our family today here at Hope Church. If you're watching us online, uh, thank you for being in uh, the overflow room called the internet. Uh, We believe that you're still uh, joining with us today, albeit from a distance. Um, Listen, our prayer for you this morning, we prayed it back in the kitchen during our huddle as we always do. Our prayer for you is that you would have an authentic experience with God today and that Jesus would become more real to you than he's ever been before. I believe that that can happen every single Sunday that we come to church. So I want to thank you for being with us. If you are here for the first time, and you'd like to, to, to connect and interact with our church, would you take a moment and fill out one of the green connect cards that you would have received on the way in? Uh, we would love to collect that and get in touch with you. We have a team of people that cannot wait to connect with you, to hear about you and your story, and get to know you, and, uh, and, and share with you all the great things that God is doing. If you have any questions today while you're here in the service, would you look for somebody wearing a shirt that says Hope Dealer? Find one of our Hope Dealers and uh, and we'll be sure to help you out, okay? Hallelujah. If you have a Bible, you can take it out this morning. I'm going to start a new series today. Yay! I'm going to start a new series today that I'm titling, Follow the Leader. Follow the Leader. We're in the brand new year. How many of you are still getting used to writing 24 on checks and things like that? We're in a brand new year. And it's always appropriate, in, in my estimation, to take inventory of direction, especially at the start of a new year. Especially, uh, you know, going into a new year is like turning over a new leaf. And um, we have an opportunity sometimes to make adjustments and to correct and, and, and tweak what we're doing. And oftentimes we do that at the start of a new year. That's why we make New Year's resolutions, right? Today, this is going to be the year that I lose that 50 pounds. Here it comes, you know. And, uh, and we start a course correct, right? Well I think that one of the things that we ought to do at the beginning of every year is pay close attention to the direction that we're going in our lives, spiritually and naturally. Uh, you know, the, the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 4 that we should incline our ear to what God is saying. Incline our ear. You know what that means? It means lean in intentionally to hear what God would say and how he would direct us. Does that make sense this morning? So I want to I talk a little bit about following the, the leader this morning. So you can turn in your Bibles today to John chapter 16 and also to Romans chapter 8 while you're doing that, let me take two minutes to recap a few things from Vision Sunday. How many of you appreciated Vision Sunday last week? Wasn't that so good? Amen. You can clap. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Didn't you appreciate what God did during Vision Sunday? Amen. I sure did. I talked to you about a few things last week and I just want to recap them just for those who may have missed it or just to remind you. We said last Sunday during our Vision Sunday that this year is going to be the year we raise up more leaders than we ever have before. And we're already doing that. I mean, we are full steam ahead on leadership development at Hope Church and I couldn't be more excited about it. We talked about expanding our life groups. Our life groups are going to grow this year in 2024. And if you have not yet... Partaken or participated rather in a life group, I want to encourage you this morning to visit the Hope Hub on your way out and just sign up for one of the life groups. We have them in in several different areas of the county on different days with different groups. Uh, Everybody can find a life group in the church to connect with. Um, Some amazing stuff happens in the context of those life groups. So take advantage of those if you would. We're excited that this year we're going to launch Spanish ministry. Uh, and translate what we're doing at Hope Church to those in our Hispanic community. Uh, We're taking Hope and Healing on the road. We're going to go outside the four walls of this church for Hope and Healing, which I just cannot wait. Also, Hope and Healing, our first Hope and Healing service is coming in March. So put that on your calendar and put it in your radar. Uh, We'll talk more about it in the the coming weeks. And then lastly, we launched a building fund last week. I talked to you about how God supernaturally put it on the hearts of two different families to approach my wife and I and say, we want to kickstart a building fund. Two different families, independent of one another, giving the same exact amount of money, unprompted by Brianne and I. That's how God works. Amen? That's how God works. So we put out a goal uh, for the congregation to match $25,000. We're almost $5,000 uh, in uh, that, that has come in since last Sunday. So if you want to give in the building fund, and we'll talk about this as the weeks go on, if you want to give in the building fund, you can do it the exact same way that you give during tithes and offerings. Either on hopeboon.com or through the church center app, they both take you to the same place. Uh, when you're going to enter in a gift, you put an amount there, and after that, you see a little drop-down box, and it'll tell you you can either put it in the general fund or the building fund. If you want to give by check or cash, you can drop it in the black box at the back of the Hope Hub. I'm just so pumped. That I don't have to talk about money a bunch, and I don't have to. We have such a generous congregation. You guys are unbelievable. You guys are unbelievable. Um, and God's doing things. God, you know, God. It's God who started this building fund. So I'm just so thrilled to be able to uh, to follow what He's doing. Amen. Isn't that cool? All right. John chapter 16 and Romans chapter 8. We'll begin reading John 16 verse 13. Actually, we'll begin in verse 12. Verse 13 is where we want to get to, but 12 may give us a little bit of context. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, everybody say the spirit of truth. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Everybody say guide you. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever things he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. Wow. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. How many of you are thank you, thankful that the Holy Spirit is still speaking? Amen. Now jump over to Romans chapter 8. We're going to hop between these verses quite a bit today and then the next in the coming weeks. Romans chapter 8 one of the most theologically potent chapters in all of Scripture. Wow, wow, wow. Romans chapter 8. How you doing, Frankie? Your finger's not too tired yet, right? (laughs) Romans chapter 8, verse 14. says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. I like the King James and the New King James says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Very interesting and particular language that Paul uses there. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to receive from your word. I ask you, God, to speak today to your people. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear give us hearts to perceive and understand your word and your will this morning. Thank you for speaking in ways that we can clearly discern as we enter into your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen. I'd like for us to make our faith confession the confession of what we're believing God for. We haven't done this in a little while, but it's, it's one of the few traditions that we have here at the church. You can see it up on the screen here in just a moment. If you're watching online, you'll see it on your screen as well. Let's just declare this today, and I encourage you to, to say this over your own heart by faith today. Say, thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you, my heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today, I am growing in the things of God. Say that last line one more time just for me. Today, amen, we believe we're growing in the things of God. I believe you're going to leave here six inches taller spiritually than you came in, amen? Yesterday, I was in Lowe's Hardware, as um, as any good man does on a Saturday afternoon, and I was, I was looking for some wood glue, and... I I thought I knew where I was going. In fact, I knew that I knew where I was going. I know where the wood glue is. It's in the paint department. I know where it is. I've bought wood glue before. But I had my kids with me. My daughter Abigail and my daughter Sophia were with me. My wife and our oldest, Claire, are down at a dance competition, a Christian dance competition. Uh, Uh, The weekend. And so they've been down there since Friday. So I've been slumming it with Abigail and Sophia. We've been going to McDonald's and Waffle House. And I mean, we've just been, it's been, it's been really wonderful. Uh, So so praise the Lord for that. But we were, we were at Lowe's because I had to buy some wood glue and fix something in our house. And And I'm on the phone with my mom, and the kids are behind me, so it's a little bit of distraction. But remember, I know where I'm going. And so I got in there, and I'm talking to my mom, and I'm looking, and the kids, of course, want to get paint samples. They love to get the cards, especially Sophia just wants one of every color just to take home. Why do you want them, honey? I don't know. They're beautiful. So, you know, so she wants one of those. So she's over there, and the kids are kind of, and I'm just sort of talking, and I'm like, where is this doggone wood glue? So I walk up this aisle. I'm like, I know it's here. I go back, nothing. I start to wander. Come on, girls, let's go. We gotta find this. And I'm just wandering around the store now. And I kill a good solid 10 minutes just walking around, casually talking to my mom, just sort of looking for the wood glue. And my mom interrupts me, as any good mom does, and she goes, why don't you ask somebody, you typical man, you. (laughs) I said... I said, I don't need to ask anybody. I know where I'm going. Of course I didn't. She she was right. I, I asked somebody. And they sent me back to the paint department where I started. And here's what was wild. I was one row off. I was in the right section, but I was just in the wrong aisle. I was just barely Off, Right section, wrong spot. Right neighborhood, wrong house. Have have you ever been just off by one row? Have you ever been in the right neighborhood but can't find the house for some reason? I mean, in life, not just... You know what I'm saying. Like, Lord, I know... You've got a plan for me, and I'm 99% sure I know what it is, but for some reason I'm just, I'm just a little off. Anybody besides me been there? You know, you start talking transparently, and all of a sudden it feels real lonely up on the stage. <laughs> mm. You see, I, I think every one of us at some period in time in our life, maybe many times or multiple times, have been in the place where we say, you know what, I, I'm s i am feel like I'm very close to the will of God, but I feel like there's I feel like God has something for me and I've yet to discover it. One of the greatest prayer requests and one of the one of the most frequent, frequent prayer requests that pastors and ministers receive is for direction. And for guidance. How can I pray for you, brother? Pray that I'll make the right decision. Pray that I'm going the right way. Pray that I get where God wants me to go. I want to have confidence that I'm in the plan of God for my life. I've been there. And it's real easy to do like what I did in Lowe's and just sort of passively go through life, having other conversations looking after the distractions. You know, I love my kids. I'm not calling them distractions, but you get what I mean. That there's all these different things moving around us at all times and it, it, it sometimes becomes challenging to get our arms all the way around it, to gather everything up and go, okay, we're ready to follow God. Sometimes life looks like me walking through Lowe's just talking about whatever. The Bible says in Proverbs that there is a way which seems right to a man, but the end therein is death. It's Proverbs 14, 12. You don't have to turn there, but just let me read it to you in a couple translations. The Amplified says there is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but the end is the way of death. I'm telling you that in my from my own experience, the times in my life when I've not purposed to be led by the Spirit of God it becomes very easy to just kind of drift off and go the way that seems right. How many of you know the devil would love for you to go the way that seems right? The devil loves good, not God. Hello? The devil, listen, the devil will be quick to offer you seven different options. All of them look great as long as you don't pick what God wants you to do, as long as you don't make the decision that God wants you to make. The message of Proverbs, 12, of Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there's a way of life that looks harmless enough. Look again, it leads straight to hell. Wow. What if you could go through life with confidence, man, that you're in the will of God? You see, as I pastor people and as I, grow and develop in this calling, I I spend more and more and more time counseling and talking with people who are just desperately trying to find out what God has in store for their life, where to live, who to marry, where to work, how to raise a family, where to go to school, how to give, how to serve, how to do this, how to do that, how do I navigate this situation, how do I navigate that situation? And can I tell you that the older you get, the more complex those questions become? The, the, listen, I got three kids now. 14 years ago, I had zero children. But I've got three of them now. Those questions hit a little different when there's three mouths to feed at home. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Those questions of, man, listen, I got a, oh man, I got a 14 year old. She just went this past Thursday to go pick classes at the high school. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) Y'all don't understand. Three hours ago, she was this big. As time goes, those questions get weightier and weightier. They feel heavier. And and, and we, if we're not careful, will fold under the pressure of trying to make the right decision. There's a way that seems right to a man. But I don't know about you. I want to follow after God. God said of David he was a man after my own heart. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean that David was perfect because he was far from perfect. It means that every time David needed God, he knew where to find him and he went after him. He was a man that chased after God's heart. That's how I want to be. So we want to talk this morning and in the coming weeks about how the Holy Spirit is calling us into a life where we are led by Him. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit? He leads us and guides us into all truth. Amen. So we want to talk about what it means to be led by God's Spirit, to follow the leader. Now, if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, that means... We're not going to be led by a few things. Can we talk about them for a second? If we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit, that means we're not going to be led by our feelings and emotions. A to the men. i found this out going through my life that feelings make fantastic servants and terrible masters. feelings make fantastic servants and terrible masters. You know, in the same way, in the same way that my kids make great companions on road trips, but they're not allowed to drive. You don't want to see Sophia behind the wheel. She can't see. Like she can barely see the middle of the steering wheel. She can maybe see out the front if she stands up. She's not qualified to drive. Your emotions are not qualified to drive. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Emotions are not qualified to drive. They're beautiful as, as uh, secondary players. It's lovely when God leads me in a direction and I begin to follow his voice and his leading and my emotions respond with joy because I'm being obedient to God. That's awesome. But the scripture in the book of James talks about the double-minded man. It says that the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Why is that? To be double-minded means that we make decisions based on our emotions. One day they're up here, and the next day they're down here. And then one day they're up here, and then the next day they're down here. You say, does that really happen, Pastor Josh? Yes, I live with four women. It's It goes like... Okay, trust me. Half of y'all are just... Did he just say that? Honey, get the kids. We're leaving this church. I'm out of here. I live with Preteens, trust me, their emotions are all over the place. You know what that hap- you know what that causes causes my emotions to be all over the place. A bad time to make game changing decisions when we're all on a hundred, right? So if we're going to follow the Holy Spirit, number one, we can't follow our emotions and our feelings. Number two, we can't necessarily follow our past experiences. Now, there could be lots of great wisdom in your past. I'd like to think there's some good wisdom in my past. I, I, I know I've learned some lessons. How many of you learned lessons the hard way? Come on, somebody. I've learned some lessons the hard way. I've got some good experiences, and, and experiences are great, but maybe there's something better. Maybe my experiences still don't hold a candle to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because here's the reality. What if God's leading you in a direction you've never gone before? What if God's trying to take you through a doorway that you have no experience walking into? Now it's time for faith, isn't it? Oh, Lord, you wanting to, to lead me in something that I've never, I've never done that before. You've got to learn to trust his voice. Number three thing that we're not going to follow, our society and our culture. The spirit of this age is always leading us the wrong way. And can I tell you that the voice of the Holy Spirit will always swim upstream of the culture? And that's okay. It's the way it's supposed to be. Lastly, things we're not going to be led by is our flesh. <laughs> I mean, I put it last because it should be the most like, duh, you know, obvious. But how many of you can, can say by experience, I've followed my flesh before, it doesn't work. It doesn't go where it's supposed to. You see, God has a better plan for us than us being led by any one of those four things I just mentioned. God's got a much better plan for us. As a matter of fact, I want to say it this way. We are experiencing God's very best when he is leading us from the inside out. Amen. Now, we're going to talk thoroughly in the coming weeks about what this looks like. And I I think we're doing pretty good on time. But I want to just kickstart this whole series with a couple of basics. Can I do that? And if you're taking notes, which I'll always encourage you to do, I want to uh, encourage you to write down as much of this as you can. I'm going to throw a truckload of scriptures at you for just a second here. But in discussing following the leadership of the Holy Spirit, let me start by laying out just a few basics. And if this is repeat for you, if this is remedial, just... Smile and recognize you need to hear it again anyways, okay? Number one, let's start with a few basics. Number one, God has a will. Okay? I know that sounds basic. I know that sounds general. But you know, there's some people that doubt and wonder whether or not God actually has a will for them. Does God even care enough about me to have had a plan with me in mind? I'm here to tell you he does. He does. What do we mean when we say that God has a will? Well, the word will from the, from the Vines New Testament Dictionary says that uh, his will is what he wishes or has determined shall be done. It's what he wishes or has determined shall be done. God's will is his choice, his inclination, his pleasure, and his desire. His choice, his inclination, his pleasure, and his desire. And can I tell you that you and I are in that? Yeah, right. Amen. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, one of the most famous scriptures, and I'm going to go fast, so guys in the back, don't worry about putting all these up. Uh, I'm just going to go quickly through these. Matthew chapter 6, Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in what is called the Lord's Prayer, says these words, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Does God have a will? You better believe it. Matthew twelve fifty. Jesus says, whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. Luke 22, verse 42, very famous passage. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane just hours before his crucifixion, and he's having this conversation with the Lord that is the most difficult conversation he's ever had in his whole life. And he says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. John chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. I think we have abundant precedence in scripture to trust the reality that God has a will. Now, it's such a big theological question, it's such a big theological discussion. People have been arguing in the church for two and a half thousand years about some of the nuances of God's will. We probably aren't going to solve it by lunch, okay? But trust me when I say God has a will, and the second thing is God's will is good. Y'all know Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I don't even need to quote it to you, but I will anyway. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord your God. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. God bless Anita Thurman, my mom, for writing that on a 3 by 5 card and taping it, Regan, to my mirror of my bathroom so that my sister and I would see that every morning when we brushed our teeth and got ready for school. That we would be reminded that God, our Father in Heaven, has a good plan for us to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and to give us a future. God's got a good will. Y'all remember John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, the thief does not come save to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, why? That they may have life and that more abundantly. God's got a good will. Basics number three. Well, let me repeat what I've said so far. Number one, God has a will. Number two, God's will is good. Number three, the Holy Spirit knows the will of God for your life. What a thought. The Holy Spirit intimately knows every detail of God's will for your life. There's no reason to go through this life with confusion. Now, if you've been like me in the past where you get a little hard-headed and a little closed, closed-eared, Anybody ever been closed-eared before? You know? Like, like I've gone through seasons in my life, this is what my Uncle Phil used to say all the time, where, where I wouldn't recognize the Holy Ghost if he walked through the room with a big red hat on that said, I'm the Holy Spirit. There's sometimes when I've gotten so stubborn or so egotistical or so stuck in my way that I'm not seeing and hearing God. But be that as it may... There's no reason for us to go through life that way. There's really no reason for us to struggle in decision making when the God of the universe, who knows intimately what it is that he wants for my life, when he lives inside my heart. What a thought! Now, I'm not saying that again to make light of your situation or my situation. I've been in plenty of times where I was too hard-headed to listen. I've been pl- I've been in plenty of situations, how about this one, where I was too distracted to notice. See, sometimes our ego gets in the way and our pride gets in the way and we're too hard to listen, too hard-headed to listen. And then sometimes we're it's not a pride problem, it's that we're just distracted and we're too distracted to notice. Sometimes life gets loud and the still small voice gets lost. But the Holy Spirit, he knows the will of God for your life. We read it in John 16, 13. He said, he said that the Spirit, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into the truth. The Holy Spirit's like a tour guide. Have you ever been on a tour? You do, we took our kids last year to tour the Biltmore at Christmas time. It was awesome. My kids hated it. It was great. <laughs> they Well, I shouldn't say they hated it. They liked about the first 18 minutes and then they're like, oh, look, another room with tapestries. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. More Christmas music. Hooray. I thought it was great. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. But no, when you we, we go on a tour like that, what do you have? You have a tour guide. You have a tour guide that's taking you from room to room and they're telling you about everything that you're seeing. What if your relationship and my relationship with the Holy Spirit was such that we went through life as on a guided tour and that when we came into a new season or a new room as it were, the Holy Spirit had something to say about where it was that we were and that when we finished in that season or in that room, he said, okay, everybody, let's go to the next room and we followed him. What if we lived our life following the leader? Wouldn't that be amazing? Romans chapter eight, verse 27. Listen to what it says. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying for the Holy Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You see, the Holy Spirit's always speaking. He's always whispering to our hearts. Sometimes we hear it, sometimes we don't. He's not here to judge us either way, by the way. He's so gracious. He's so merciful. But he's always whispering to us and he's always telling us and wooing us to say, hey, come follow me. Come on, come follow me. We're gonna go into this next room. I want you to, I don't want you to miss it. Come, 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 come. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into God's will. And can I tell you that he is actively trying to take the lead? Every single day, every minute of every day, he actively is engaging with your heart, wanting so desperately for you to give up the reins. Jesus, take the wheel. So we said that God has a will. We said that God's will is good. We said that the Holy Spirit knows the will of God for our lives intimately, and that he wants to take ownership and leadership of our lives, The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to order your steps. And he wants to take you by the hand and lead you into everything that God has for you. The last thing is this. If everything that I've said thus far is true about God having a will and it being good and, and the Holy Spirit knows it and he wants to lead us into it and all of that stuff is true. If all of that is true then here's the conclusion we must come to. That you can be led by God. That I can be led by God. It's possible to go through life influenced by the leadership of the Holy Spirit in everything we do. Now, is it probable that you'll make a mistake? Yeah. Yeah. People get so tied up in knots when I say stuff like you can you never have to miss it. You can follow God's will perfectly. I say stuff like that because that's what the Bible teaches us and people go, "Oh, I don't know. Don't ask me to be perfect." I'm not asking you to be perfect. I'm just saying it's possible. I had a, I had a uh, men's Bible study years and years ago and I was I was walking guys through the book of Romans and I got them to where to, to uh, chapter 8 and I was talking about how the reality is that Jesus the law of the spirit of life in Christ has freed us from the law of sin and death and I said to these guys I said yes what you don't ever have to sin another day in your life and they were like what? <laughs> See so much so much of us have been taught that, we, that we're still a slave to sin so much of us have been taught that we, that we still owe our flesh something but the Bible teaches us something completely differently. You don't have to sin another day in your life. Are you going to? Probably, but you don't have to. You don't have to go another season of life through your life confused and dazed like the rest of the world. You can hear God perfectly. Are you going to? Probably not, but you can. Huh. You can be led by God. So many people. And I've done this too, man. So many people, even though we never say it out loud, we we think that following God sometimes accurately is beyond us. I'm here to call the devil a liar this morning and say, you can hear from God. You know how I know that you can hear from God? Because Jesus himself said these words in John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. They will not follow a stranger's voice. You can hear from God. Who am I to argue with Jesus? He said I could hear him. But Pastor Josh, I don't feel like I can hear him. I get that, but Jesus said you could. If I'm going to argue with one of you, I'm going to choose to argue with you and not argue with Jesus, right? Right? No, This let this be an encouragement to you this morning. John 10 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. The voice of a stranger, they don't follow. You can follow God. Because here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. You and I, we were made to be led, we were created to be led. We are sheep. Now, I know that culture and society have, have painted that out to be a negative. Oh, you shouldn't just be one of the sheeple. Don't be such a sheep. And I'm over here like, but the Bible says that I am. I'm a sheep. Trust me, it's not that bad. <laughs> I had to. I had to. I had to. No, you and I, guys, we were made to be led. Because here's the reality. No matter how stubborn you think you may be, you're going to be led by something. We cannot escape the way God hardwired our lives to be and God hardwired human beings, all of us, to be led. All of us have the capacity to follow. Can I submit a thought to you this morning? That the most spiritually mature thing that you can do is to submit your will to God's and follow him. It's the most spiritual thing, the most mature thing you can do. See, in the world, we equate spiritual maturity to independence. Or excuse me, in the world, we equate maturity to independence. In the kingdom, it's reversed. The more dependent I am for the leadership of the Holy Spirit shows the more mature that I have become. Oh, come on, let that, let that sink in for just a second. Because everything in this world is going to convince you to be more and more and more and more and more independent from God. But the Holy Spirit is encouraging us all the time to be more and more and more and more dependent upon his voice, upon his leading, upon his prompting, right? In the kingdom, it's reversed. I quoted to you Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That word sons in the Greek, very important word. It's the word huios in the Greek, Dare you use that at lunch today, by the way? Huyas. Word which means a spiritually mature son. There's two Greek words for the word children in in the New Testament one is the word technon, it means offspring. And one is the word huyas, it means somebody that's not just an offspring, they're a fully grown, fully mature son. That is the language that Paul uses in Romans 8 when he said as many as are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God, the mature ones. It's just like Jesus when he was in the garden. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's maturity. The real trick to following God, if you want to know it, the real trick to following God so you simply have to be leadable. <laughs> you simply have to be li- willing to lay down your will in exchange for his. The most spiritually mature thing you can ever do is to say, not my will, but thy will be done. If you really want to flex your maturity, man, If you really want to flex your maturity, do two things. Be willing to go after the will of God above your will and be humble. You'll be a magnet to the grace of God. You see, in the world, surrender equals defeat. In the kingdom of God, surrender equals promotion. You're going to go down to get up. We talked about it when, when I preached to you in January on the subject of servanthood. You want to be the greatest in the kingdom? Go low. You want to be super spiritually mature? Give up your rights. Give up your will. Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I'll follow you. Now, in the coming weeks, I want to break down how this happens. I want to spend a lot of time forensically in the word. I've thrown a lot of scriptures at you this morning, but I, want, I intend to throw a whole lot more in the coming weeks. In fact, next week, we're going to talk about and answer this question. What is the first place that God leads us? Because I really want this to be practical. I want you to come away from this series of messages and go, man, I actually, I think I really know how to hear God. I think I can do this. I want you to be confident in learning how to listen to the voice of the Spirit of God and follow in the direction that he leads us. So in the coming weeks, we're going to break down how it happens. We're going to talk about the first place God leads us. One of the messages will be titled, Red Light, Green Light. It'll be about the witness of the Spirit on the inside of you. You don't want to miss that one. It's going to be so great. We'll ask the question, what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? I'll talk to you about why God's peace is so important. In learning how to hear him, in learning how to follow the leader. And we'll talk about why we need to live with the reality that God's Spirit is within us at all times. See, if you can learn to recognize and retrain your thinking, to let your default be the reality that God's Spirit is alive in you all the time, it becomes so much easier to follow him. Now, I'm through. I want to close with a story and it's a story from my own life you can put your Bibles away (laughs) many of you have heard me tell my testimony of the roughly nine months that I spent running from God and living like an idiot I've told that story many times I've told you about how God got a hold of me in my Honda 1989 Honda Accord The green machine, 289,000 miles on it, just so so you remember. It was a great car. And I've told you the story about how God got a hold of me, and I was listening to a Switchfoot album, and I pulled into the parking lot, and I I did all this stuff, and I I wept, and I poured out my heart to God, and I surrendered, and I said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. If you want me to pastor, I'll I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. and it was i don't know a week or two, week or two after that that god gripped my heart about moving from where i lived in sarasota to where my parents lived in fort myers which is about 90 miles south about an hour and a half drive away down the interstate and and things were not going good at, at my house where i was living with my with my crazy roommate and we were getting into all kinds of dumb stuff and 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 being idiots and And God got a hold of me and he began to deal with me about getting out of that situation, leaving and and moving down to Fort Myers. This was going to mean that I had to move back in with my parents. Icky. That sounded like a terrible idea because I had tasted freedom for the first time. But I was like, I remember I, I had said to the Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. So I said, if that's what, if that's the plan, God, if that's nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. If this is the plan, if I'm supposed to leave where I'm at and move to Fort Myers and move back in with my parents, then I'm willing to do that. I said, Lord, I I just want to be leadable. And so I moved and I remember I was needing a job and so my mom and I were having a phone conversation and she was saying, you need to come because I was a server at the time. I I had, I had been building a portfolio of my graphic design projects over the previous couple of years. And I was trying to launch my own business, but it was really hard. I didn't know what to do. And so I was working waiting tables. And so my mom said, look, you're going to move down here. It's going to be great. Why don't you get a job at Carrabba's? Italian restaurant there. She's like, it's always busy. You'll be able to get tons of tables. It'll be great. You'll make the most money there. You should do it. And I'm like, okay. So I put my job application into Carrabba's and they got, I got an interview with them. And then like later that same day, I was driving past this little tiny Italian restaurant that looked like it was, I didn't even know if it was open and it looked kind of out of the way. And I was like, I'm gonna pull in there and see if they're hiring just to be safe. What's the worst that could happen? So I pull in there, turns out they're hiring Frankie. I fill out an application on the spot. And I remember leaving there with so much peace. And I went from there to my parents' house, and I was like, I filled out two job applications one at Caraba's, one at this little place called Mama Pasta. And they're like, that little place over by so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Said, My mom's like, you don't want to work there. So there there's never anybody there. I was like, I don't know, Ma. She's like, well, why don't you go do, why don't, why don't you go try out Carrabba's, at least go to the job interview, talk to them. So I did, I went and I did the interview process and they offered me the job. Same time, I get a call from the people at Mama Pasta. They offered me the job. So now I'm like, which one do I go to? And I wrestled over it. I labored over it for a couple of days. I told my mom, mom, I really, really think I got to go to the little place. She's like, dude, you do not want to go there. That's not where you want to. I said, mom, I can't shake it. I know this is God's will for my life. She's like, all right take that job. So many cool things happen as a result of that job. I met a, a friend of mine who became a good friend, whose wife became the best friend of my sister. and They've been best friends for 15 I was there with some of my regulars and they were getting ready to leave and they had brought another couple with them and they loved when I waited on them because I would I, the, the, the guy who was a regular his parents were from Sicily so we'd speak a little Italian to each other I'd recommend some wine, I'd talk to him about the specials, I'd sing to him he was a plastic surgeon I got great tips at this place came in, and he brought this other couple with him, and they were the last table in the restaurant, and And I was kind of cleaning up, and they said, Josh, come over here. He said, this is our friend, Dr. Bob Mandresha, and this is his girlfriend, Carrie, and they started asking me questions about my life, and what I was interested in, and what I wanted to do, and I said, well, you know, I as much as I love waiting tables at Italian restaurants that are slow, um, you know, the the thing I really want to do is be a graphic designer. I said, I've been working on a portfolio now for a couple of years. I've been doing projects for free for people, and I'm you know honing my skills, and they're like, Oh, that's cool. They leave the restaurant, they say goodbye, they give me a nice like yeah, pretty good tip. About 40 minutes later, I get a call at the restaurant. I say, where's that server? I go behind the bar and I pick up the phone. I said, This is Josh. I thought they like left their wallet or something, you know this guy that I'd never met before that was the guest with them, Dr. Bob. He said, hey, were you serious about all those things you said about being a graphic designer? I said, yeah. He said, good. He said, you know the lady that I was with tonight, my girlfriend? I said, yeah. He said, she's the senior vice president of a major land developer and they're hiring a graphic designer. He said, I got you an interview with her tomorrow at 10 a.m., wear a tie, don't be late. I went home frantically And finished putting together my portfolio. I went to the job interview the next day. My knees were, and they put me through the ringer. And we had a great, a great experience. And they offered me a job that day. And that day, I went from waiting on tables to having a job with a business card and an office with a door and a secretary wild I learned more through that experience in the coming years made so many important contacts and connections I learned what it was really like to be involved in a company and I honed my skills as a designer and that job positioned me for the next 25 years of my career as a graphic designer I said all that to say that your life is only one God-directed decision away from your very best. Your life is only one God-directed, God-inspired decision. Change can happen. The change you've been waiting for, the opportunity that that you've been missing, the peace that you crave in your life, It's just, I'm telling you, it's just one God-inspired decision away from coming to pass in your life. Will you yield? Will you listen to him? Will you say, not my will, your will be done? I'm not here to say that life is just a bed of roses and it's always going to be perfect and everything's great. No, I had tons of problems since then. I've had all kinds of challenges that have arisen since then, but I just knew that I knew that I knew in my heart that day that I had to go to the place I had peace with going. I had to go to the place that I knew God was leading me to. Mom, I, 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 I know you want the best for me, but I this is what I'm hearing from God. And it totally changed my life. And I believe the same thing can happen for you. Amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life, know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com where Jesus loves you, we love you and your life counts.